What's up, Zach Oates here, author, entrepreneur, and customer relationship guru. Welcome to Give an Ovation, growth strategies for restaurants and retailers, where we find industry leaders to share their secrets to grow your business. This podcast is sponsored by Ovation, the actionable guest feedback tool that works on or off premise and is easy, real time, and actually drives revenue. Learn more at OvationUp.com. Welcome to another edition of Give an Ovation. I am joined today by Chef James Passifero. Now, this, this guy is not just a chef, he's an entrepreneur. He's ran kitchens from Boston to San Francisco to Minneapolis, and then he hung up his apron to take on tech. He is the founder of Opsi, a team empowerment platform helping restaurants improve operations. James, thank you for joining us on Give an Ovation. <laughs> Thanks, Zach. I appreciate to be here. Thanks for the time. So first of all, San Francisco, mm-hmm. you know how I know how if a person actually lived in San Francisco is if they say San Fran or not. <laughs> and I lived in San Francisco for a few years. And for those who don't, for those of you who have never lived in San Francisco, uh, we don't say San Fran and we don't wear shorts. Those are two <laughs> rules that you need to know when visiting SF or San Francisco, but nothing <laughs> in between. Uh would you would you back me up I, on that? I, I would back you up for sure. Long pants, and I wore a light jacket for about three years while I was there. <laughs> yeah, there you go. If you don't have a light jacket, don't worry. You can get a vest there. Yeah, exactly. So, James, tell us a little bit about Opsy. What is it? Why did you start it? And uh, how is it different? Because obviously, you you were involved in a lot of restaurants. I mean, you've probably been in uh, hundreds, maybe thousands, for sure, <laughs> hundreds of restaurants. Um, for so sure. Talk to us a little about why why Opsi. Um, so I well, Opsi is a like a workflow management tool for hospitality teams focused mostly right now on the back of the house. So kitchen management, workflow management, prep list recipes, so on. Um, it really came from my time in San Francisco. I was a young sous chef coming up at a restaurant called RN74 down in the Fidei, and I was really frustrated with the way that we were managing just paper. And it kind of blew my mind that at the time, given all the technology we have, everything that's like front loaded into the front of the house with ordering systems and POS and all that, that we didn't have anything in the back of the house. So we kind of started architecting it with my partner, um, Matt, and it's taken some time. But we have what I think is a really cool product that we intend to hope change the way that like, you know, employees, employers engage with hospitality technology and like better bolster the team. So they're able to do a better job each day. I love that, man. Because at the end of the day, you know, we're, we are in the guest experience business, but what is the last thing to touch the guest before that experience? It's our people. Yeah. Right. You have to invest in your people because you are only as good as your last experience. And when you go back and you read uh, the, the negative reviews that we've analyzed in Ovation, so many of the negative reviews have to do with service. And, and to, the, to, the other, to the opposite end, so many of the positive reviews had to do with service. Mm-hmm. Why? Because when I go get a pizza at a, at a pizza place and the pizza is good, am I like blown away or do I feel like I bought the P- I got the pizza I bought, right? Yeah. So how do you go above and beyond? Mm-hmm. It's service, right? Yeah. And the service comes because you hire the right people and you train them the right way. Yeah, taking care of people. And that's like the, the mindset we have to stay on is that there's so much technology now out there that is like in some ways trying to circumvent the human experience. 
in restaurants. And, you know, what's really important about restaurants is like the heart, the warmth, the service, the people like that connection of just like sitting down and being taken care of. And, you know, there's always going to be the opportunity for fry and burger flipping robots in places, but you're always going to want the warmth of just the energy of the people in the house and the food moving and the service happening and the people touching the tables and like seeing the energy happen in the back of the house that like we truly believe that there's not a, there's no reason to replace. There's only a reason to better help. I love that. I think that makes so much sense. And the thing that I always tell people is you want to Iron Man your Tony Stark, your people, right? Yeah. Make normal people super with technology. Don't, don't replace Tony Stark with a robot, but, <laughs> but replace the things that, uh, that, that don't need the heart to it. I, mm-hmm. I love that philosophy because that's true hospitality, right? Yeah. Like uh, Danny Meyer talks about in setting the table, hospitality is a dialogue mm-hmm. and, and you don't have that dialogue with a robot. You have a dialogue with a human. And that's, that's really, I love that concept of uh, the heart of what the hospitality really is. And the amazing challenges that we have that uh, the industry is just faced with today, especially, well, I don't want to say post-pandemic, but during this COVID pandemic that we're still kind of going through is the, the attrition that there has been. And you can't change the way you operate overnight and you can't just like scale down your workforce and make the same product happen or the same experience and service happen that you need to be able to give them tools so that they're able to like better educate, uh, self self manage, and then have more oversight for the team to like know where the trouble spots might be. So like, I'm still currently a chef right now as I'm transitioning out of my restaurant role. Oh, um, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm the chef of a restaurant called Spoon and Stable in Minneapolis. Uh-huh. And we, we have a huge staff and we take a lot of uh, energy in training them. And I mean, I'm hiring young, young, young cooks right now, very young that are very tech forward and have like a very high level of understanding of technology. And they really kind of lean into the piece of it with Opsi where they're able to get access and self-educate and know where everything is at one time, because when, I mean, when I'm cooking and I'm not old by any means, but when I was cooking as a young cook, everything was notebooks, binders, clipboards. And it's still in a lot of ways is that, but we need to continue like upgrading and getting rid of the manual with some sort of level of digital so that people have that access and know that everything's there when they need it. Love that. Now, you know, obviously you, you're in both, you're in both areas right now. And one of my questions is, as I was thinking about your experience and I thought that was like a typo in your LinkedIn where it said like to present, <laughs> you're still doing it. You're still in there proverbially, you know, verbally proverbial. What I, what's the word I'm trying to say? Proverbially or per, oh man, you got me going. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Hold on now. I got to look this up. Proverbially. Is that, is that the word? Yeah. I think that's it. You're nailing it. Proverbially. Proverbially. Yeah. Anyway, that you are basically <laughs> still still flipping burgers back there. The question and Bob's very like, <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> um, but the concept is, what, what are some lessons that have transferred that is transferred that you maybe you weren't maybe you've been surprised have transferred from the dining room to the boardroom? I mean, I think what I've really learned over the last couple of years of just like team management and how we're taking care of people is the the sense of like 
how much time and energy you need to invest into like whether it's your staff or the guests that you're taking care of because there has to be some sort of connection there and it's there's also really powerful when you get really great service team members that are able to kind of read that energy at the table and know when to kind of get a little deeper involved or versus like just mm-hmm. kind of staying in the background and allowing them to do the thing and not get over uh what they pre- perceivably might be too overbearing in the service experience because especially nowadays that happens all the time right where you know whereas before i never had an issue with the manager coming up and asking how everything was and if it was good i said it was good if it was bad yeah. i said it was good and then didn't go back. But the, the concept, and that's, I mean, that's the whole reason why getting into, um, when you talk about technology in restaurants, right? Growing up in restaurants, that's something that I saw a lot of. And so that was a problem that I felt a lot of passion around. But yeah. when you get into it, it's like you, you've got to really make sure that you are meeting that guest where they are at comfort-wise, mm-hmm. Right. Some people, they don't want you to come up and hover, right? And, and if you see guests that are engrossed in conversation, and it's, it's a very f- delicate balance between how and when you go up, and it's such an art. There is yeah. there's so little science to it uh, because the, the, the tact that's required and to know there's no way that you could write a book for the thousands of thousands of situations and how to approach each one. It's like, there's some general guidelines and there's some great books out there to talk about how to do the perfect table touch. Mm-hmm. Day, it's like, you have to have that awareness, right? You need the soft skills and whether it's the service of the team or the service of the guest, like the soft skill is so important and it's something that is not at all taught. It's um, yeah. you can read about it as much as you want, but there's a level of, you got to do your 10,000 hours to really get good at it. Well, and that's something that, that James, I found fascinating about your career and about there's, there's a word I've heard you use before that has helped really from, from your perspective, kind of define how you do things and why you do things. And it's this word of resilience, mm-hmm. which is much easier to pronounce than proverbially. <laughs> <laughs> but so talk to me a little about resilience. How does that play a role in, in your life and in your business and in your philosophy, really? Resilience was learned very young. <laughs> when I uh, when I decided I wanted to cook, I was about 12. I told my parents I wanted to be in kitchens and they kind of were hoping, I think, that I wasn't going to do it <laughs> and I was going to go pick some other career at that point. So they put me in a kitchen so that I could learn quickly what it was going to be like. Um, lots of weekends, lots of holidays, lots of nights. Um, and I did it. And, you know, 20 years later, we're still here. Um but throughout the whole process of my career, whether it was Boston or DC or San Francisco, or it was traveling with Michael Mina and opening restaurants, um, there's a massive level of resilience that has helped me like carry over into OPSI because as you know, and as many people will know that like starting something from nothing where there is not necessarily a blueprint of how you're going to build it or what it's going to look like or how you want it to affect people. Um, the amount of resilience you need to like be able to wake up and just do that thing every single day, um, started with, you know, working hot ops and working saute and working the grill and showing up as a sous chef and showing up as the chef. Like there's a lot of setbacks and hurdles that you'll hit for me in my career. And like every other hospitality professional, they'll hit those hurdles, but it's a matter of not making the mistake. It's about what you do beyond that mistake. And that's the resilience that I think is necessary. 
So is there a specific time you could you could think of that uh, you feel okay sharing where like something that that really taught you about resilience from a firsthand perspective? Yeah, <laughs> I actually talk about it a lot. Uh, my I was it was 2016, maybe um, I was just becoming the chef of Iron 74 uh, and it was Valentine's Day and it was my first holiday on my own as the chef. Um, and we were probably just understaffed by one get or one employee, and we just got steamrolled. And there has always been moments in my life where, like, I've had a really tough service, and I have to go back and think, and be like, well, am I really doing the right thing? Have I really picked the right path? Am I in like the right lane for what I need to be doing? Am I the person that should be doing this? Um, and we got steamrolled. And you know, in retrospect, it wasn't as bad as it felt in that moment. Cause it felt like extremely demoralizing and like, this is my first real swing at it as the chef on my own, standing up, doing my own food, running my own team. And we got, in my opinion, just crushed, <laughs> but, you know, looking back at just what we were doing and how we were doing it and who we were doing it with, like it was, it was challenging and it was humbling. Um, but it wasn't obviously the end of the world or my career, but it did take me that day to like sit down and think like, Am I doing the right thing? Have I picked the right path? And am I still in the right lane? Um, you know, it took a little bit of soul searching because it was such a tough service because it was the first one. And, uh, you know, I kind of came back from it. And I think it it made me approach the way I wanted to do things differently and also the way I wanted to, like, one, treat myself, but also treat the people that I worked with. Mm. How, how did you... So how did you decide that, that it still was the right path? Was... Because, I mean... I'm sure there was something pulling you outside and being like, no, like, <laughs> let me just go get a, let me just get a job at an accounting firm. Um, what, what made you stay the course and decided that the path drone was the right one still? It was the people. Um, employees of, or the, or the guests, the guests, the employees, my peers, um, the the thing with at least for me personally when i decided i wanted to cook i was surrounded at a very young age around a lot of really amazing chefs that my dad was friends with um like people might not know like jean louis palidan uh brought daniel Ballou to america um eric repair to america so i was surrounded by a lot of old french chefs and a lot of local chefs in new jersey where i was from um and it wasn't like the food they were creating it was the energy in which they were cooking and it was like wow they're having a lot of fun they're with people they love they're they're doing stuff that is like engaging and energetic um and throughout my whole life and career in restaurants it's always been for me the people yeah and when i looked back on that night i looked back on the team that i was working with and it was like well i'm not gonna one give up on myself but i'm also not gonna give up on them and i'm gonna kind of drive through this and come back with you know the level of resilience that's necessary to keep on going forward and I think that is so important because it's so easy to just um, giving up is easy, but at times giving up is really hard because there are times where, you know, there, there might've been a, a, a similar person at your same stage. And guess what? They're at an accounting firm right now. So happy they left restaurants. Yeah. And so that's the thing to realize that I don't feel like failure is fatal. Uh, and that's something that we had uh, Devin Harris, the founding member of the Jamaican bobsled team, we had him on the podcast and mm-hmm. that's the thing he talked about is you know, failure isn't fatal and just like, keep on pushing. Right. Yeah. And sometimes it means you got to get off track and do something different and that's okay. Like 
no one ever said that you have to keep going in the career that you're doing. Like you could do what you want. You can make it what you want. And what's cool is here's someone where you kept on pushing, but now you're going into the tech world, you know? And I think that's a, that just shows that there's no conventional path to success. There's a lot of conventional paths to ordinary. And if that's what you're looking for, then great. But I feel like, I feel like if you listen to this podcast, you're looking for something a little more than ordinary. <laughs> yeah. And it's worth preaching that to, to a lot of the people because everyone believes that once you're kind of on a path, there's one goal. Um, and to not stop searching for whatever that thing is for yourself to make sure you're finding the right thing. Love that, man. Wow. This is taking like a much deeper philosophical dive than we <laughs> on this podcast since it's only like 15 minute, 20 minute podcast. But um, that being said, what, I- what do you feel like is one of the most important aspects of guest experience nowadays? Um, I think it goes back to what we were talking about Rojman. It's like the humanity. I mean, I think it's keeping, keeping them engaged with, uh, the, the people that are there because the, the pandemic in my experience has like been a lot of a reckoning for the industry of people being more aware of what's going on in restaurants and the financial implications that go to restaurants and also what restaurant workers deal with on a regular basis. And there's a high level of understanding now of like the restaurant industry. Um, but there, I think now a higher, higher hurdle that restaurants have to jump over to keep people engaged. There's a level of consistency that you have to deliver. There's a level of service they have to bring that like, if people are paying a high dollar amount, there's a lot of buy-in and trust in that exchange. And you have to be able to deliver on all levels. Um, and I think it's, it's something that needs to be preached more in restaurant culture. more yeah. often. And because at the end of the day, everything communicates mm-hmm. the words your employee use the decor on the wall the cleanliness of your bathrooms how your food looks when it's delivered the packaging to decide mm-hmm. whether or not your fries are going to be soggy or not after a 20 minute doordash drive all of that communicates your brand and all of that communicates at the end of the day to the guest how important that individual is to you and and when you don't make that translation that's how you lose customers. That's how you get bad reviews, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, I, I love that, James. It's a great, great point there. And any any successful tactics that you've tried lately that you'd want to share? Um, I don't know if they're tactics. I, I, the way I kind of like look at just management in general with restaurants or people is there needs to be a certain level of um, presence, presence of mind and just like presence of body, being there to continue engaging with the employees keeps them engaged with the experience that they're dealing with at their job. Um, because if for me, culture is extremely important and it's one of the hardest things to replicate and it's one of the hardest things to make. And it's also the, one of the hardest things to keep going. So if you're not hammering away at a culture every single day that brings those level of consistencies or that high level of service that you're looking for, for the guest experience, or to make sure like you have the right packaging because that is all cultural as well. Letting things go when it's something that needs to be ordered or something that has to be purchased um, is all built into that, that if you're not pushing that every single day and there's not like that uh, that level of energy and electricity behind it, then you're going to miss it and it's going to dwindle and it's hard to get back once it's gone. Love that. I think that, that, make, that makes so much sense. So last question, James. Who deserves an ovation in the restaurant industry? Who is somebody that we should be following? Um, well, I think, okay, 
personnel. <laughs> I think all like dishwashers and most people still in the industry deserve a huge ovation. They've put up with a lot of stuff. Um, but as far as like people that are doing great things in the industry, um, that's tough to say. I really, I really appreciate what Gavin has done in Minneapolis. My, um, my boss, Gavin Kaysen, he's done an amazing job for the city, um, continues pushing expectations and creating high level experiences in restaurants. Um, and I think there's a ton of that in a lot of like, I don't, I want to, I don't want to call them B cities, but like B tier markets that are like blossoming now. Yeah. Um, Oklahoma city. Mm -hmm. It's like that. It's just Salt Lake city, holler, Utah. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's so many amazing people doing amazing stuff in those small cities that like whatever microcosm you might be a part of is making sure you're getting behind the leaders and helping them push that forward because that's the only way those cities kind of progress through hospitality or different, different thought processes. Yeah, totally. Now, how do we find and follow you and your brand? Um, you can follow us at uh, opsy.io on Instagram. Um, you can follow me at jpassifero on Instagram. Um, and we're also on Twitter as well and Facebook. Awesome. Yeah. Well, James, for bringing some flavor to the technology world and showing that indeed good things do come out of Jersey. Today's ovation goes <laughs> to you. Thank you for joining us on Given Ovation. <laughs> Thank you, Zach. I appreciate it. Glad you're with us today and thank you. Thank you to the risk takers, the troublemakers, the crazies who are keeping this world clothed and fed. You're the ones who deserve an ovation. Again, this podcast was sponsored by Ovation. To see how we can help you grow your business, go to OvationUp.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, remember to give someone in your life an ovation today.